TII Item 274, June 29, 2013, Iowa 7, Beta 2. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah! My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by ProXPN. Visit ProXPN.com and use the promo code TII to save 20% for life on your secure VPN account. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeffrey for sending in the music you hear in the background. Jeffrey wrote, Hi, Rob. Here's a track called Here We Go. I made up using GarageBand on my iPhone 4S. Regards, Jeffrey, and you can find me on Twitter at at JeffJ6. Thanks, Jeffrey, for the music. And folks, I will also put the full song at the end of the episode. also want to thank Vlog Salad for sending in the artwork for today's show. He wrote, Hi, Rob. I have produced some artwork for you using Foster on iPad. I must say the app is amazing and I love it. It is spelled P-H-O-S-T-E-R. Regards, YouTube vlogger, Vlog Salad. Well, Vlog Salad... Thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, check out his YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash vlog salad. And you can see uh, his artwork in the TI app in the extras for episode 274. Or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork. And also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com forward slash today in iOS. As always, if you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device, that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, eight reasons why Apple should fear HP slash Palm. One, HP is great with acquisitions. Two, the HP brand name. Three, HP's money. Four, WebOS beyond the smartphone. 5. HP means a better app catalog. 6. An immediate connection to the business world. 7. Beating Apple in the hardware arena. 8. HP, Palm, and content delivery. Dennis Connors, Tom's Hardware, 7th of May, 2010. It's not often I am speechless, but um, this is one of those times. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 273, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the apps Talk Photo, Shake the Space, and Moscow Dash. I'll be drawing for winners sometime in the next week. If you want more info on these apps, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 273 for the additional details. This week, we have promo codes for the app AA Illuminate. Here is the review from the dev. Hi, Rob. It's Dave Wilton here again with version 2 of Illuminate, my app for iOS 4.3 or above. It's a sister app to Assess My VS that you featured last month. Both apps aim to help people who suffer from visual stress when reading dark text on a bright white background. A transparent overlay of the right colour can significantly reduce the problem. 1 in 20 people see big benefits. Assess My VS determines what colour, if any, works for you. Illuminate, on the other hand, lets you place that shade of virtual coloured overlay on what you wish to read. It's now a universal app, and that looks great on iPad and iPhone alike. You can use it with a live video feed from the device camera, 
a still image, any web page or cloud-based resource, for example, PDFs, eBooks, productivity tools, or social media. And you can even use it as a colored nightlight. And you can use pinch to zoom and place a mask around what you're reading to cut distractions. Illuminate gives you all of this for only $4.99 on the iTunes App Store. Keep up the good work on the show, Rob. Thanks to Dave for his review of his app, Illuminate, and for sending in the promo code to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Illuminate in the subject line, and it's spelled A-A-L-U-M-I-N-A-T-E. Quick reminder, if you are an app dev, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app, indicating you are the dev. Also, when you send the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Before we get into the news today, I want to say happy six-year anniversary to the iPhone, which first went on sale June 29th, 2007. If you want to travel back in time and feel how it was in those early days of the iPhone, go back to the June 2007 episodes of this show and listen to the episodes I released specifically the week leading up to the iPhone launch. It is a fun listen and gives you a good feel, at least about my excitement level and those of the listeners to the show way back when. As I mentioned on the last episode, Apple would likely release the Beta 2 of iOS 7 on June 24th or 25th, and well, they released it on the 24th. So kudos to Apple for staying on schedule, at least when compared to last year's schedule. There's a funny article from BGR, which I definitely will not link to, where they claimed a source told them the beta would be out on the 24th or maybe the 25th. Nice guys. See, this is what BGR does. They take something that's pretty obvious, like this beta coming out on the 24th or 25th, and then say a source told them, when really they are speculating. So now they can point to that article as validation that they have a source. And the next time they do a link bait article about a new feature, they can reference said made up source. So let me try. I have a source at Apple that told me they are currently planning on releasing the beta 3 version of iOS 7 on July 15th or July 16th. Now if that happens, which would be in line with the beta 3 of iOS 6 from last year, I can pull that quote from the show and say, see, I have this inside source at Apple. Anyway, BGR is just one notch above Digitimes when it comes to rumors, but they really play the game very well. Oh wait, and after I wrote that last piece earlier in the week, guess what BGR did? You guessed it, they released a new post referencing their source from that first post and how right they were. This time, they are saying that the Beta 3 will be out on Monday, July 8th. Let's see how they spin it when they are wrong. Off of a soapbox and back into the news I shall go. The biggest change with the Beta 2 is that it is now available for the iPads. There are other changes as well, such as, well, the return of the Voice Memo app. It's not the same Voice Memo app, it's been redone. But it's nice to see that that app was not gone for good and is back both the new male and female voices for Siri are now available. And on the last episode, we had Sigard asking about accessibility in iOS 7. And guess what? There are some new features in the Beta 2 of iOS 7 for accessibility. In the physical and motor section, there is a new subsection called switch control. 
One thing you can do with this new option is set up your iPhone where it cycles through the different buttons or icons on your screen. And you can then tap anywhere on the screen to select or open that icon that was uh, highlighted selected. This is a nice add for anyone having limited motor ability. On new iOS devices, iPhone and, and new iPads and iPad mini, you are also getting the option to control selecting an icon or button by turning your head left or right so it tracks your head's movements. You can even have it where you're turning your head one way is like tapping the home button and turning your head the other way is selecting an icon or button. And you can also now assign switch control to a triple home button push. Staying with the accessibility options, one many people are going to use is bold text. Seems the text is a bit thin on iOS 7. I've already heard a couple people complaining about the uh, thickness of the text, so you can make it bolder. You can also still change the size of the text, and they added an increased contrast option and a parallax option, all of those with regards to text. How the parallax option helps in reading text, I'm not sure. I could not see a difference when I turned it on or turned it off, but I'm sure someone in the audience can explain the advantages of this feature with regards to text. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOONDOG, or send the email to todayinios at gmail.com. Thanks. Into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, I'm not sure if this was covered anywhere at all, but I noticed the attached screen in my settings app. Regards, Delamurio. Sorry about mutilating your name. And what Delamurio is asking about is that in iOS 7, there is the option in the settings app and then cellular to turn on and off the use of cellular data. So now you can see all your apps requesting cellular data so you can turn off and you don't feel need to be communicating via cellular and chewing up your data plan. This is a really nice new feature for those with metered plans as it shows you how much cellular data each app is using up and gives you the ability not just to identify who your data hogs are, but also neuter them right then and there. This is one of those minor third tier updates that goes mostly unnoticed, but for those paying per megabyte for data or with data caps, it may be one of your most favorite new features in iOS 7. Thanks Demorio for sending in this one. Another nice new feature in iOS 7 has to do with mail. You can now mark all messages in an inbox as read. One strokes, or actually two. In the mail app, tap on the email account, and in the inbox, tap the edit button in the upper right corner. Then at the bottom right, tap the mark all button. You get a pop-up where you can then choose either flag or mark as read or cancel. Okay, maybe that's three taps. Sadly, this does not work for searching for a bunch of emails and marking them all as read. Oh well. Since Siri first launched back on the iPhone 4S, we have talked a few times on how to get names in your contacts that Siri would recognize when you say them. Not much of an issue when the name is John Smith, but when the names are a bit more challenging spelling-wise versus how they sound, then you had to help Siri by putting in a phonetic spelling. With iOS 7, Siri lets you teach Siri how to pronounce a name it doesn't understand. So no more need for phonetic spelling. Actually, Siri will ask for your help when you say a name she or he does not understand. Additionally, when Siri says a name, you can say, that's not how you pronounce said name. And Siri will kick out the learning process for that name and it will ask you to say the name and then present you with a few options on how it thinks you said the name. 
It will then save your selection and use it for future reads of that name. While talking about Siri, you can also ask Siri to turn on your flashlight now, which in the middle of the night could come in handy. Into the email bag. Hi Rob, has this always been the case or is this new to iOS 7? It seems that on the iPad, the maximum number of home screen pages is now 15. Regards, Stephen W. Hi Stephen, it does look like this is an increase from iOS 6 where there was a limit of 11 pages for iOS devices. So now you can have 15 and not just on the iPads. I was also able to get 15 pages on my iPhone. So congrats, Steve, on finding that new feature ad. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Sad, but great for Apple users. Regards, John. What John is talking about is an article on CNET titled, Apple Takes Swipe at Android with New Fragmentation Chart. I find it interesting that Apple is now starting to publicize the fragmentation of iOS uh, versus that of, say, Android. Granted, at 93% using iOS 6 versus 6% using iOS 5 and just 1% on an earlier version, fragmentation is not probably the correct word for iOS. But in the future, after iOS 7 comes out, Apple will never again cross the 90% mark for its current version of iOS as far as what's being used. I'd even be willing to go out to say they will never cross the 80% mark again. It's not a slam on Apple or anything that's wrong with iOS 7. It's just that right now with iOS 6, the devices that Apple does not support are the iPhone Original, iPhone 3G, iPad Original, and some early iPod Touches. Overall, that's a small percentage of the iOS devices ever sold. But once iOS 7 officially launches, one key device will be on the outside looking in, and that is the iPhone 3GS. And unlike the iPhone 3G, which sold for just two years, the 3GS was for sale for three years and sold many times the number that were sold for the 3G. Add into that every iPod Touch except the 5th Gen, and you have a good percentage of active iOS devices that will be stuck at iOS 6 or earlier. Again, I find it interesting to see Apple tout the lack of fragmentation so loudly right now, as their chart really has only one direction uh, it can possibly go, and that is down. Still, 75% or 76% or something like that using iOS 7 this time next year will still be much, much better than the 4% using the latest version of Android. Just saying. Thanks to Matt for this next one, which is about tablet traffic as measured by Chitika. But before we go over that, let me read a quote from episode 265 back in April. Quote, Chitika reported that the iPad usage share for U.S. and Canadian traffic went up in March to 81.9% of all traffic. What is interesting, this was the first monthly rise since December. Thoughts on this? Well, in December, lots of people were given slash purchased non-iPad tablets, and they started using them in December. And by March, well, they discovered using them not as compelling as those with iPads. And that is why iPad traffic grew in March versus January and February when people were still in a honeymoon phase with their non-iPad tablets. If this theory is correct, we should expect another rise in market share for April. Try to remember this one for the next month's report from Chitika. Chitika speculates the rise might be due to Apple offering refurbished units for sale online. I'm not buying that logic. Again, I just think it's about Android users not having as good an experience with their devices as iPad users are. Unquote. Again, that was from episode 265 back in April. 
I forgot to look at this when the April numbers came out. Okay, so let's talk about the new numbers from Chihika. In May, 82.4% of web traffic on tablets in the U.S. and and Canada, web traffic that is, was from an iPad. Second place, if you want to call it that, was the Kindle Fire at 6.5%. Third place was the Galaxy line of tablets at 4.7%. And everyone else was barely 66%. So my theory in April seems to be proving out. People don't like using their Android tablets. Doesn't matter how cheap they are or anything else. The iPad is the device people use, and Android tablets are not. And now that the honeymoon of those Android tablets is over, cheap or otherwise, the iPad continues to increase its share of usage as predicted back on episode 265 and borne out by Chitika's stats for the last two months, which both saw increases with last month being the highest number in the five months, the last five months. And this would be the point where I say, nailed it. Hey, Rob, this is Dustin from Chilhowee, Virginia. I was calling in, um, just wanted to give an update on the iOS 7 beta. I downloaded it a couple days ago and noticed a few bugs, glitches, whatever you want to call them, and decided that it's too unstable for my primary device. I didn't listen to you when you said don't download the beta on your primary device. So I'm going to actually downgrade to 6.1.4 this afternoon when I get off work. Thanks for the show. and appreciate all you do. Nelson, thanks for the feedback. And I have not updated my iPad 3rd Gen to the Beta 2 yet. Main reason why? It's my wife's primary device that she uses for pretty much everything. So I'm not updating her to the Beta until Beta 3 comes out. And only doing it then knowing that I'm going to grab a whole match of crap for my wife for doing it. So I need to do it for the show. But otherwise, I would be holding off on updating hers. And again, I can't stress this enough. If it's your primary device, you need it for work, which in this case, my wife doesn't. But if you need it for work, don't upgrade your iOS device to one of the iOS 7 betas at this time. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I reported on iOS 7 before. I find it's growing on me. I'm starting to like it more every day. Regards, Dev. Hey, Rob. In iOS 7, Siri will still search Google. Ask Siri to, quote, search Google for, dot, 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 unquote. And whatever it is you want, Siri will open Google and search for said item. By the way, my magazine, New Tech and Flipboard, now a week old, has over 2,100 readers. Hope you're taking a look now and then. Anything new comes up for iOS, check there. But we'll still forward any items worth a mention by email. I did like the credit card size folding iPhone stand, a Kickstarter project, I believe, and Waz loves it too. Regards, Chris in London. And yeah, unfortunately, I was going to mention that one today in the Kickstarter, and I didn't get this episode up as early as I wanted. So that one actually is ending. Um, well, it'll end probably by the time you hear this. You see the email back. Hi, Rob. I was wondering if in iOS 7, you can set do not disturb schedule to be days of the week as well. Regards, DJ Medina. Hi, DJ. Nope. All right. Per the promo code for Primal Paleo, thank you so much and thank the developer. I'm familiar with the Paleo idea, but this app makes it much more easy to understand. I am going to finally give the diet a try. Regards, Scott B. 
Scott, thanks for that feedback. And folks, again, that was Primal Paleo, which was an app that we had as a promo code giveaway. And if you're interested in the Paleo diet, go check out that app. It's for sale in the iTunes app store. If you listen to the show for a while, you might be a wee bit aware that I've been complaining about the bloggers' unfair treatment of Apple for the past couple of years. And then mainstream media is harping on Apple along with Wall Street uh, for the past nine months. Well, it seems others are starting to take notice of this as well. Here's a good quote from Lee Chow, one of the co-creators of Apple's 1984 TV commercial, the iconic one. Quote, I don't know whether there's a cynical bent to the media that decides, okay, Apple's been a darling for many, many years, and Steve Jobs was a darling, and the products were amazing. So now let's kind of scrutinize people and challenge whether they can do it anymore, whether they are, their new leadership is good enough whether their advertising is good enough, whether the kids in the store are smart enough, it's a bit of a pendulum swing. The thing that nobody remembers is that all this technology was invented by Apple and is being copied by the competition, and people act like the new competition is as smart and as genius and as amazing as Apple, the company. And of course, I totally disagree with that, unquote. Thanks, Lee, for those comments. People talk about Android phones' innovation, and they point to the bigger screens. Wow, a bigger screen. A bigger screen is not innovation. It is much, much easier to build a smartphone with a bigger screen. Innovation is getting everything into the package size and screen size of the iPhone 5. Bigger screen, phablets, people call that innovation? No, that's called making it bigger. And bigger is actually easier when you're talking about electronics and consumer electronics. Staying on topic. So there is this analyst by the name of Peter Misick whom we've mentioned a few times on this show. Pretty much all the time he has mentioned it is about how wrong or crazy he is. Ken Ray at Mac OS Ken has affectionately nicknamed him speculative fiction writer Peter Misick. And really, that nickname is as accurate as it gets. Kudos, Ken. Misick is the guy that said a full-on Apple TV would be controlled with a ring, an eye ring that you wear. Um, Yeah. Or let's not forget last summer when he said the full-on Apple TV was already in, quote, full production, unquote. Not pre-production, but full production. Or in December when he said the iPhone 5S would be coming in June. Yeah, how did those predictions work out? Point is, every original rumor slash report this guy has about Apple products is bogus. Total fiction. Yet, when he downgrades Apple stock price it actually causes Apple stock price to drop over 3% in a single day. Wow. Talk about herd mentality on Wall Street. They're listening to this guy. Why? Let's talk about something a little more positive. Hey, this week we are again sponsored by ProXPN. If you go to ProXPN.com and use the promo code TII, you will save 20% forever on your account with them. As mentioned on the last episode, ProXPN is a VPN service that is easy, secure, and cheap to use with your iOS device and lets you secure your internet connection against eavesdropping and mask your location and allows you to access your favorite sites regardless of where you are or are going. If you connect to public Wi-Fi's hotspots on any regularity, a private VPN is the way to go, and ProXPN is a really great service with a great price. Just $9.95 a month before the 20% savings for using uh, the promo code TII, or just $74.95 for the year prior to the promo code, which means if you sign up for the yearly account with a 20% discount, it works out to about $5 a month. 
If you use promo code TII when you sign up, you also get a 30-day risk-free trial. I had an email from a listener asking the following about ProXPN. Quote, how many devices can I use this one username on? I have an iPad mini. My wife has an iPad. We both have iPhones and the kids have our old iPhones, not to mention our desktop and laptop. Would I need to pay for a premium account for each device? Unquote. And the response from ProXPN was, quote, ProXPN supports as many devices as you wish to use. You can, however, only access a specific server at one at a time. For example, if you were to use your iPhone to connect to Dallas, you would have to use New York or any other location for your laptop or other device, unquote. So there you go. One account you can use across multiple devices. You just can't connect to the same location at the same time. As I mentioned, I set up Pro XPN on my iPhone. It took about one minute. And now when I need to set up a private VPN, all I do is open up the settings app and right at the top between Wi-Fi and Bluetooth or sometimes below it. I'm not sure why it switches around. I now see the VPN to toggle on. That's it. That's all I have to do to secure myself and my data when I am out and about on hotspots. Again, to get the discount of 20% for life for your service with ProXPN, use promo code TII at ProXPN.com. Thanks to ProXPN for sponsoring this show. I'm a podcaster, and I love to talk. And I love to talk about iOS, and I love to talk about podcasting. And if you are a podcaster ever looking for a guest, let me know. And I would like to thank Noslin for having me as a guest on his show, iNoslin. We talk about some iOS rumors and more. Search for iNoslin in iTunes or the podcast app to find his show, and it's spelled I-N-O-S-L-E-N. And look for the link uh, in the show notes. Plus, uh, I was on his episode number 12. So if you want to hear me on his show, it was episode number 12 of I, Noslin. Again, Noslin, thanks for having me on as a guest. And again, if you're a podcaster looking for a guest on your show, just shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Don't really want to talk about this one, but I had a lot of listeners send in links for the iPhone 5, for Verizon, AT&T, and Sprint at just $129 at Walmart. And also AT&T has it for $99, just $99 for the iPhone 5. But here's my feeling. Right now, don't upgrade unless you have to. The 5S will be here shortly. And if you listen to this show, you are likely the type that will be disappointed come late September that you did not have the patience to hold off and wait for the iPhone 5S back in late June, early July. Just saying. Into rumors. More and more component porn rumors about the iPhone 5S are coming out. I think at this point, from what we are seeing on the component side, it looks to be pretty strong argument that the next iPhone will be called the iPhone 5S, and it will, on the outside, look almost identical to the iPhone 5, with about the only difference so far being that it will likely have a dual flash. But length, width, depth, weight should all be pretty much spot on to the iPhone 5. This really is not surprising news as it follows the iPhone 3G, 3GS, and 4, 4S roadmap. So really, the questions will be what is the key feature or features that are added to differentiate the 5S from the 5? That would be enough to make you want to upgrade from a 5. Granted, if you have a 4 or 4S, what is it that will make you want to upgrade as well? Remember, when going from the 4 to the 4S, there are actually more feature upgrades than there was from the 4S to the 5. I see some people with short memories who are 
overly influenced by some talking heads out there. And I see and hear them saying the S upgrades have been minor upgrades. Not so at all. The 3GS was a much bigger upgrade than the 3G was from the original iPhone. And again, the 4S was a much bigger upgrade than the iPhone 5, and right on par with the iPhone 4 as far as how significant an update it was. But if you think I'm crazy in saying that, look at the chart I did last year, comparing the new features for the 5 versus the 4S versus the 4, and it's clear the 4S was a big update and bigger than the 5. I believe when the 5S is announced, its new features will be greater than those for the 5 versus the 4S. So once more, if you don't need to update now, you'll be glad you waited until the fall when the 5S is released. Based on photos that are now starting to circulate, and there are many of what is supposed to be the iPhone 5S or its internal components. And, and let me just point out one thing here. It's more likely that these photos are of real devices than that people mocked up all these different components to make them look like they're part of the iPhone 5. So it's more likely that these really are from the iPhone 5S. Anyway, these photos allow us to speculate about some new features, such as one, a dual flash. Another is the A7 processor, but based on printing on the processor, it appears to be only one gigabyte of RAM, same as the 5. Based on the battery specs, it should see a bump to at least nine hours of 3G talk time, up from eight hours. I wouldn't be surprised to see that 10 hours or more. Other items rumored but not yet confirmed in the photos are a 13 megapixel camera, fingerprint scanner, NFC, 128 gig version, and multicolored cases, which right now is not enough to get people overly excited about the 5S. There needs to be more. A couple of items I have not seen rumored anywhere yet is 4K video recording and 4K video out support. After all, if Apple is getting into a full-on TV, and it is, as I speculated recently on the show, going to be a 4K TV, then you need a bunch of 4K videos to show on it. Plus, there are still some other new features we are probably missing and maybe surprises we don't hear about until the next iPhone dog and pony show. But I do think 4K video recording, 4K video out, is going to be on the next iPhone 5S. Okay, per my thoughts on why I think a full-on Apple TV would be a 4K TV, well, recently I mentioned the new Mac Pro would support multiple 4K monitors, so that was one hint from Apple. Two, Apple does not enter a market that is mature. 1080p TVs are pretty much mature and, a, and are commodity priced at all your big box stores now. So that leads to a 4K TV from Apple making the most sense. And speaking of sense, the typical price for a 4K TV is in the 5K to 7K range, which now... Granted, that is for a 55-inch plus set, but there is one company in the $1,500 price range, which I would be, think would be in the high end of where Apple would come in. 46 inches would be the size if there's just one 42 and 46 and or 55 inches for the top end if there's going to be multiple sizes. Maybe pricing of $99, $1199, and $1499 for the 42, 46, and 55 inches respectively. But hey, we are getting ahead of ourselves. Because what good is a 4K TV if you don't have 4K content? And boy, it sure would be helpful if Apple had a way to, oh, I don't know, sell digital media content. 
maybe through some sort of digital media store where you could get TV shows and movies. Yep, sure would help. It would also help if people had a way to record home movies in 4K video on their iPhones. Yep, sure would help make that 4K Apple TV more attractive. See how these speculations all kind of come together? Speaking of predictions and rumors, one I have not been able to buy into one bit is the rumor or the rumors about the iPad mini second gen having a retina display. I really feel this was started not by anyone who has used an iPad mini, but rather by those that look at spec sheets of other devices. If you have an iPad mini, you'll see that the screen looks good as is. And if other reports are true that since the introduction of the iPad mini, 60% of iPad sales have gone its way, there's zero compelling reason for Apple to make the iPad mini second gen a retina display. Nope. No how. And guess what? One analyst, Richard Shim, is now backtracking on his original prediction, or WAG, that it would be a retina display and is now saying, nope, it will be the same as the original. But, is also, but he's also now saying the iPad mini 3rd gen with retina display will be out in Q1 of 2014. Well, if at first you don't succeed, guess, guess again. Or so it seems to be for Mr. Shim when it comes to his, quote, predictions, unquote. Oh, and I won't even get into his, quote, prediction, unquote, that the 2nd gen iPad mini will come with iOS 7 installed. Think? No, duh. And the sky is blue and the Royals will not be in the playoffs. Some things are kind of stating the obvious and not predictions. In the news of the weird comes the following story of a Chinese woman who had her breast implant explode after she was lying on her stomach for four hours straight playing a game on her iPhone. Which of course leads to one obvious question. What game was she playing that is so good that it can make a breast implant explode? Well, the answer apparently is the game Dragon Summoner. I am sure this is not a PR stunt to bring attention to the game, because, you know, that would be so wrong. Well, I guess this story could have been worse. It could have been a guy playing the game for four hours when his penile implant exploded. Ouch. Thanks to Ben N. and Stephen W. for the heads up on this next one, which is about the 614% growth Android has seen in the past year. When it comes to malware, that is. Yep, 92% of mobile malware is on Android devices, according to Juniper Networks. Or 97% if you listen to McAfee Labs. Either way, there are now over 500 third-party app stores that contain apps with malware. 73% of the malware exploits holes in the mobile payments by sending out fraudulent premium SMS messages. Of course, some just steals Android users' personal info and photos and friends' contact info and the like. So, you know, they are all not just about sending out premium messages. Although some do both. But either way... Are you not glad right now you decided to go with an iOS device and not one of those Swiss cheese security devices known as an Android? Thanks to Mark H. for sending in the link to this next one, which is about the new Nokia ad, which is all about zombies. Even has music that sounds like that from the trailer of World War Z, which, by the way, I thought was a really good movie, with a couple of small exceptions, like when they made a U.S. military pilot look a little skittish. That point aside, it was still a good movie. Best one I've seen this year, and a really good zombie movie at that. But if you want to see a really bad zombie commercial, check out the Nokia zombie commercial where they're trying to dog the iPhone. Hey Rob, it's Richard. The Flickr and Vimeo access and settings in iOS 7, it just gives you sharing features like 
Twitter and Facebook does. That's all it does. Thanks. Bye. Richard, thanks for the feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. iOS 7 has new mailbox options in mail. Tap the edit button on the main mailbox list. Show hide any mailbox. Yeah, I can now hide all the all mailbox. There is a new mailboxes option where you can now add any sub mailbox folder to the main mailbox list by tapping add mailbox. Regards, Stephen in Houston. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah, being able to add folders to put emails into from your inbox and create those new folders right on your iOS device, even for just a pop account, is long overdue feature. Hi, Rob. To me, except for the fonts used, the new iOS UI looks like it was designed by Hasbro. It makes the iPhone look more like a toy. It looks very cheap. All the art, skeuomorphism is gone. The end call button is a flat red bar. I miss the style of iOS 6 already. Regards, Stephen in Houston. I should point out one thing Stephen found out about the folders in iOS 7, and that is they are not always gray. They do change based on the background image you have and the color of that background image. So he had a very purple background image, and that made his folders purple as well. So no direct way to change folder colors and none to do it per folder. Guess we'll have to wait until iOS 8 comes for that feature. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I'm hoping your listeners can help me in my search for an app I'm after. I coach a kid's football team, and I'm looking for an app that allows me to enter all of the kids' names, and then as their parents respond to my texts, asking for their availability for each upcoming game, allows me to simply toggle a switch in or out or something similar. Ideally, the screen would show a running total of those available, those unavailable, and those yet to respond. I had a look through a number of of apps, but nothing seems to do what I'm after, which I believe is fairly simple. Regards, DR in New Zealand. Well, DR, I do not know of an app for you, but it does sound like there should be something like that. If anyone does know of an app that will help DR out and getting his players knowing which ones are in and which ones are out and which ones haven't committed yet, Please let us know, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. Do you or any of your listeners know of any video editing apps, jailbroken or not, that allows someone to edit another clip into the corner of a video, like a picture-in-picture? Part of me thinks there isn't anything like this yet. Thanks. Regards, Daniel C. Daniel, I'm in your boat. I don't know anything like that. Not sure if there is anything like that for any iOS devices. But if anyone out there knows of some sort of iOS app, jailbroken or not, that allows you to do picture-in-picture video where you've got the main video and then you've got some other clip showing over the person's left or right shoulder up in the corner, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. This week, one Kickstarter project that stood out to me was the LUMU, spelled L-U-M-U. And it is a light meter for your iPhone that plugs into your headphone jack. They had a pretty modest goal of 20000 They are over eight times that goal. That means they are over $160,000 on this thing. And this one has until Friday, July 12th at 5 p.m. Eastern Time before funding is over. Pricing for the LUMU is $99. And if you are a photog, you know that is a really good price. Plus, now you don't have to lug around the extra light sensor unit. 
and you just bring the Lumo, which is about the same size as the, that normal white dome on your light meter now. If this is something you are interested in, search LUMU at kickstarter.com or look for the link in the show notes for episode 274 over at todayinios.com. Estimated delivery on this is in the October timeframe. So if you're married to a photog or have a significant other who's a photog, this might make a nice Christmas gift. A while back, there was a listener looking for an app to trace their route when hiking off the beaten path, so to speak. A new free app was brought to my attention by the dev called Route Tracer, one word. And again, well, it's free. So if you are looking for an app to trace your path, whether it's by walking paths or in the outback, check out this app and please send in a review and let us know how well it worked for you. Again, it's called Route Tracer, one word. Thanks to Tash for the heads up on this next one, which is per the update to the Dropbox app, version 2.3, that is. What are the updates, you ask? Well, according to the update notes, they are, quote, easily share a link to a folder. Swipe any file to quickly share, move, delete, or favorite. Select and share multiple photos with your family, friends, and other humans. And bug fixes and other magical performance improvements to keep you happy. Unquote. Of course, the app remains free. I should also point out the Stitcher app has just been updated. And if you're a podcaster, it's very interesting here. One of the key updates, behind the scenes updates, not that users will notice anything, but podcasters will, is they're now pinging your media files anytime they get a request to play of that file. So they're still storing the file one time, they're still downloading it one time, and that file's getting cached in their system and re-encoded or transcoded to be delivered so that it's happy under all the Apple specs. But they're pinging your media file, so you'll now see your Stitcher stats. So if you're a Libsyn customer and you've got the advanced statistics, you'll now see under user agents, the Stitcher user agent showing up, not just one download anymore for your episodes, but as many times as it's played over on Stitcher. I kind of briefly talked about this at the end of the most recent episode of Podcast 411. By the way, there's a new Podcast 411 out. In the most recent episode, I interviewed Danny from Gamertag Radio, so go check out episode 224 of Podcast 411. You can find it at podcast411.com. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I wanted to let you know that the app VJ, spelled V-J-A-Y, is now free in iTunes. It had been $9.99 when I recently purchased it. Regards, Brandon A. Shawnee, Kansas. Hello, fellow Kansan. And folks, uh, this app is a mashup machine for your music and videos. It even includes 15 exclusive free bonus video clips with Snoop Dogg and others. So if you are looking to create your own music video, here is your app and get it while it's free. Search for VJAY, one word, in iTunes App Store or look for the link in the show notes for episode 274 at todayinios.com. Hi, Rob. Matt in Omaha, longtime listener. Uh, was listening to your show, most recent episode, uh, while on the road. And uh, I do have the TII app and I'm more... I've, I guess not necessarily a suggestion, but something that I thought would be kind of neat. I see the list of links that are mentioned in the show prior to listening, and I think that it would be cool if I could touch or, you know, select a link in that list, and it'll jump straight to that spot in the show. I don't know if, if there are time stamps on them or anything like that. 
I think that'd be kind of cool if I could do that. And especially if the show is over and I wanted to go back and get, uh, or, you know, hear one of those links again, uh, I could click right to it and it'll take me right back to it without having to search the entire episode. Anyway, food for thought. Uh, thanks for everything you do. Love the show. Talk to you later. Matt, thanks for listening and for the feedback. Unfortunately, to do that, it would require me making the episodes M4A files, and I just, that's not going to happen. I don't want to do that. I want to leave them as MP3 files because of compatibility issues. But what I do do now is I put up the full transcript of the episode. So if you're a VIP member, you'll see that the full transcript, or it's close to the full transcript, at least transcript of what I'm saying is up on uh, the TII and the VIP zone. And lately I've been adding in time codes. So, so as an example, you'll see in the show notes or the transcript for the v- in the VIP zone for this episode that your voicemail started right after the 42 minute 56.894 second mark. Additionally, I try to do my best in the show notes to put the links in the order as they are mentioned in the show. So if you see something that I'm talking about, you can kind of get a good feel for where it is in the show based on where it is in the list of links. And then if you go and listen to part of the show and you hear me talk about something, you can kind of figure out if you're before or after it by looking at the other links. By the way, if you're using the TII app and you're wondering where the link of episode lists or the link list is, in the lower right-hand corner in the play screen or the episode screen, you'll see a little E in the lower right corner right above the tab buttons. Uh, Tap on that E. And that will then bring you to the extras. And one of them is a list of links. And you can tap on that. And then I'll show you all the links for the episode. Back to the email back. Hey, Rob. Thanks to you. I learned about HBO Go app on Apple TV and just updated. Works great. Just need to go to the website to verify your provider and punch in a code. However, even though I have a PG rating set in parental controls, All of HBO's late-night shows are now available to my 8-year-old son, including Serena, the Sexplorer. Oh! Regards, Jeff in Burbank. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for the feedback. And I'm going to guess Serena, the Sexplorer, is slightly different content than Dora, the Explorer. Hi, Rob. In episode 272, someone asked how to display the TV shows from the ABC app onto their TV. The way to do this is to have a jailbroken iPhone and download the Display Out Jailbreak app. Costs a few dollars. Assuming the user already has the needed cables to connect their iPhone to their TV, they simply turn on Display Out and then the TV show will appear on their TV. I got this working on an iPhone 4S jailbroken on 6.1.2. Regards, Will. Hi Rob, I have an issue I was hoping you or the listeners could help with. I need a short and thin 3.5 to 3.5 female to male headphone jack cord to plug my headphones into that will fit through the opening of the Lenmar battery case. I have bought four online and they are either cheap garbage that break wear out are too long or are too large for the battery case. It seems like it would be an easy thing to find, but it has not been. I tried Radio Shack and Fry's online, and they did not have anything regards Keith. Hi, Keith. My suggestion would also be to check out bnhphoto.com. bnhphoto.com. They seem to have a lot of different devices like that. Hopefully they have this. If anyone out there has any suggestions, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Little jailbreaking news. 
the third jailbreak conference, known as WWJC for Worldwide Jailbreak Conference, will be on August 23rd and 24th at the Radisson Hotel in New Rochelle, New York. If you are interested in going, you can learn more by going to jailbreakcon.com. If anyone is going, I would love for you to send in reports from the con. Some interesting stats from Distimo with regards to how some apps do sales and download-wise. What they found is an app that was ranked at number 10 on the top grossing app charts in iTunes was generating $47,000 a day in revenue. Definitely not chicken feed. If you were 50th best, you were generating $12,000 a day in revenue. Still pretty darn good. Number 10 for most downloaded paid app was seeing about 4,000 downloads a day. Interestingly, they saw more downloads for apps on the weekend, with Thursday being their lightest day for downloads, which is basically the opposite of what we see for podcasts. Wednesday is the biggest day for downloads, and weekends are the slowest times, and that's across all the shows that host on Libsyn. It's not just this show. One nice iOS versus Android stat per the top apps iOS earns 4.6 times more than Android apps on Google Play Store. As you may have heard, both American Airlines and JetBlue now have iPads in the cockpit, or they, at least on American Airlines they do, and JetBlue soon will. And this is to replace all their paper charts. But what you might not know is that the FAA has approved iPads in the cockpit for small aircraft as well. And good thing for pilot Raymond Cody who had his entire navigation system on his instrument panel, completely fell on him during a flight. He then called his cell phone to, using his cell phone, he called the FAA, and with an app on his iPad and help from the FAA, he was able to guide his plane to his destination without any incident, other than the whole instrument panel issue, that is. And once again, the day is saved thanks to an iOS device. Hey Rob, Brad in West Michigan. Hey man, I got one question for you regarding iOS 7. Ultimately, it seems like when things get more pretty and when devs add beautification, so to speak, to their software, ultimately it's the CPU that suffers and sometimes battery life and even more crashing. And I'm curious if you're finding that with iOS 7, since it's got this layering thing and you're, you know, the, the wallpaper is able to move and you move your phone and all this other stuff that's going on. Are you finding that things are slowing down at all or it's using more battery? Or has Apple been able to introduce these visual effects without making speed and battery life suffer? Thanks, Rob. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Brad, thanks for the feedback. First thing I need to say is there are some people out there talking about how the iOS 7 betas are working speed-wise and performance-wise, and they're complaining about some of those things. Let me just say this. All the betas always work slower, especially the early ones. So you can't take any performance results with any of the betas to heart. You know, There's probably debug things that are going on in the background, things that are slowing stuff down. Until it becomes Goldmaster, that's the only time you can really look at how is iOS 7 doing. While it's a beta, it's a beta. And Apple's betas are really more, like I said before, alphas. They're not finished. They're just for devs. And right now, we really have no idea how well performance-wise iOS 7 works. And really, I'm not going to know until the rest of you guys know when this thing becomes finished and it's no longer a beta but a Goldmaster. Back to the email bag. 
Well, Rob, just listening to episode 273, you said when talking about new features, quote, when you count things like calendar icons showing the current date and clock icons showing the current time, unquote, thought I would point out that my calendar icon in iOS 6 shows the current date, or to be more precise, it speaks the current date since I am a voiceover user. If the date is shown visually, well, then you have to subtract one feature from your list. Regards, Sigard from Smithers and beautiful British Columbia. Yep, I need to subtract one feature from the list of new features. You are correct. The calendar icon already updates to the current date in iOS 6. Oops, thanks for the correction. Hi, Rob. Once I heard of the Terabit offer from Flickr, I immediately began to get my photos transferred over. Using iPhoto, I've been able to, one, create a Flickr albums called Collections, two, transfer photos to the created or pre-existing Flickr albums, three, view Flickr album photos. The photo transfer from iPhoto is simple and relatively quick. Bandwidth issues may vary. There may be more functionality I have yet to discover. My goal at this time is to finish transferring the photos to Flickr. Regards, Tony V, Brooklyn, New York. Tony, good luck transferring your photos. That's something I'll be following up on you later this month doing myself as well. Hi, Rob. I got a real quick question. Why can't I find my audiobook in iTunes Match for a re-download when I need it? I always have to sync to my computer to transfer it over. My audiobook will show up in iTunes, but it's wanting me to purchase it again. Can you give me any advice on why this is happening? Thanks. Regards, Kevin from Illinois. Kevin, I'm going to throw that one out to the audience. If anyone out there is a heavy iBooks user or audiobook user, excuse me, and also is using iMatch, uh, iTunes Match, please let us know if there's a way that you can get your audiobooks to, with iTunes Match without having to repurchase. 206-666-6364 is 206-MOON-DOG or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. Is there a way to keep the Notification Center dialogues from lowering my music when I get them? I play my music in the car, and every time I get a text or Facebook post, the music volume lowers and then goes back up. It's very annoying. I don't want to have to turn off each app's sound settings every time I want to listen to music. Setting the mute switch to mute does not help, neither does setting the notifications to off slash vibrate only. The music still keeps dimming. Any help you or your audience can give is greatly appreciated. Regards, Andy. And Andy, I'm going to throw this one out to the audience. I really don't have any suggestions on this one. Uh, if anyone does know a solution, jailbroken or not, that can help Andy out. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send that email to todayinios at gmail.com. And folks, please, when you hear questions on these shows from other listeners, please help out. They are calling in, writing in here for your advice, and I know collectively someone out there has answers to all the questions that we've had on this show today. One last bit of news. Radio Shack is selling the iPhone 5 on Virgin Mobile. The iPhone 5 will retail for $549, $649, and $749 for $1632 and 64 gig models, respectively. And that all said, the only reason I mention this is if you want to be on Virgin Mobile, as it will not likely get the iPhone 5S until sometime next year around this time, eh, then go ahead and get that iPhone 5. For all others that will not be on Virgin Mobile, wait until September to get the iPhone 5S. 
Before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. The feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app or product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature on the show that you created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. It's your show and your feedback is greatly desired. Speaking of you and this show, in the month of July, TII will hit a big milestone in that we will reach our 10 millionth download. That is a huge deal. There are very, very few podcasts that make it to 10 million downloads. And I really just want to say thank you all so much for making that happen. If you guys want to email in a day and time when you think TII will cross over the 10 million mark, please do so. And I will see what I can get together for the winner. Or if you want to contribute to the winner, let me know. Either way, email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Thanks again goes to our sponsor today, which is ProXPN. If you go to ProXPN.com and use promo code TII, you will save 20% for life on your secure VPN account. Again, ProXPN.com, use promo code TII. Next episode will be up toward the end of the week of July 8th. I will be taking off this following week, the week of July 4th. So the next episode is going to fall somewhere between July 10th and 12th, unless something major happens that would cause it to be earlier that week. But outside of Apple announcing some new um, come to see what we've got up our sleeve type announcement, next episode, July 10th to 12th, somewhere around then. And folks, that is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.